You are listening to your auntie's favorite DJ, DJ Treacy Trees. What is going on, y'all? It is DJ Treacy Treese, and welcome back to What the Pod. We are in episode three now, so thank you for joining me once again. I've got a great show for you here today. For those of you that are new to the show, What the Pod is a podcast where I meet people on the internet, talk to them for 15 minutes, and then bring them on my podcast to talk about their podcast. All right, so we got two people here today, uh, the ladies of the Art Innegade podcast. Please help me welcome to the show, Antra and Karen. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Was that a good oh, enough like intro? Was that like Yeah, that was that awesome. was fantastic. And I'm on, on top. So it's Yeah, you put on on top just like I like her. Yeah, that's awesome. Like so it. for the people listening at home, please introduce yourself. Let, let them know uh, who you are and what you do. So my name is Antra and I'm a registered nurse and I currently um advocate for patients in the medical system and I am co-owner of our Enigade with Karen here. So, yay. Yeah. And I, uh, well, since nurse slash coach slash writer slash speaker slash mom slash whatever is what you slash, yeah, I'll just say I'm Karen DeMarco. Yeah. (laughs) You're like Jane of all trades, which I can appreciate, especially here again during uh, International Women's History Month. So we're continuing the show, bringing some awesome ladies with awesome shows. Um, so tell us a little bit about your podcast. How did you guys get started in podcasting and, uh, give us a little bit about your show. (laughs) Started in podcasting is an understatement. Um, (laughs) it, you know what it, it, I think we started because we love, I mean, like, I love it. I love, love to listen to podcasts. I'm listening to like 20 hours of podcast audiobooks, you know, every week. And it came from an idea. So nurses, basically in a nutshell and entre fill in my blanks, but um, to maintain your nursing license, you have to, most states require 30 education credits, you know, and it's like the most, everybody waits till the last minute because it's the most boring as Andre says, poke your eyes out. Sounds you know, like college. Let's review uh, insulin syringe needle gauges and the standard American diet food pyramid BS and you know, and it's just like you wait till the last minute, you cram it in, hold your nose, check the box, and just do it. Well, I was listening to a podcast and, and it was uh, uh, on Joe Rogan and he was interviewing James Nestor and uh, and it was all about breathing and the history and it was a great story and such great information that would not only enhance my life but would make me better at what I do as a nurse. Uh, and you know, and it gives me something to tell other people to help their lives and like why isn't this worth, I mean, like all the requirements for a continuing education, like why isn't a podcast worth, you know, a, an education credit? That's ridiculous. So that's kind of like what we decided to do. It was like, let's make it so, cause it's not out there. Yes. Yes. Awesome. It's, you said you listen to about 20 hours of podcast uh, content. That is pretty bananas. So I'm going to well, put you on the spot here as well. Yeah. What, yeah. What's your number one podcast that you're listening to? Well, right now it's, um, it, it varies, but they're all like, um, what's the one that you sent me that I'm addicted to now, Antra? The, um, oh, okay, Rogan, 
Give me yeah, a second. Yeah, Rogan's um, a given. He's, he's I like um, health, health, freedom for humanity. That's okay. a good one. Um, you should talk to those guys too. They're okay. cool. That's good, especially in the in the health industry. Because I mean, uh, the first episode was with a lady who was a dietitian, and she was talking about like healthy gut. So she was just giving like good stuff to not make your poop weird. So I think that a fair amount of my listeners are into <laughs> health health stuff That's at this totally. point. <laughs> poop is fascinating, really. I mean, that makes for a good podcast. But you know, anything like between between I'm such a geek. You know, if it's like something about health and cutting edge integrative medicine, functional medicine, systems biology, all these. Uh, really fancy terms that point to uh, getting behind the root cause of the illness. Like I'm on it. And then there's also like audiobooks like quantum physics and yeah. you know all that. Yeah. Where we're fascinated. I would say I think I speak for Andre too, but we're both fascinated on where like the spiritual and the biology biological intersect. Intersect. You know, so like, more of like the holistic living. Yeah, yeah. 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 How 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 amazing here. So what what kind of luck have you guys had with getting your podcast content integrated into um, just the nursing field in general? Like what, what topics are you talking about on your show? Let's see. What have we, we started with some, um, we interviewed a, a older nurse who's been nursing for, you know, eons. And she talked about patient advocacy and really about medical air and in our healthcare system and poor outcomes. And so that was really interesting. We've talked to a couple of nurses about wound care and lymphedema, which really like these podcasts are for anybody, but nurses in general, like I told a nurse friend of mine about the one on lymphedema and she, and I just told her about it. And she's like, I need to listen to that podcast. Like I have to listen to that. And the fact that they can then get a credit for it, a continuing education credit is just a bonus. So we had, we had another guy who is a malpractice lawyer who um, suffered a, a medical error in the system, lost all of his limbs. We interviewed him. We interviewed. Yeah, I just, I just like to also point out, you know, cause those, the things that the topics that Antra's talking about, Sorry, Andre, just well, it's okay. Go ahead. come back. We'll weave in and out. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Just the keep thing going. about the guests, the thing that's and why it's called our renegade is because having guests who not just think outside the box, but there is no box. So they look at their topics in a way that nobody ever had. They're they're renegades in their field. So <laughs> and you think like like I like the Andre introduced me to the um, guest who talked about lymphedema. You know, like anybody listening to this is like, what is that? And why would that be interesting? Why do I the, care? Yeah, and the first six minutes she told the story. So she's a nurse, owns her own company. She's passionate about lymphedema. And you're like, okay, it's fest. Why would that be interesting? But in the first six minutes, she talked about the reason that she's so passionate about it is because her father had stomach cancer and his legs got so swollen because yes. of the lymphedema that the night before he died, he grabbed the handle on a lazy boy chair. His legs collapsed down and his legs bust open. And he died the next morning. Whoa. Didn't so, even think that yeah. was like possible. So for the people who are listening to this who aren't nurses, what what what, what is lymphedema really quick? So lymph lymphedema <laughs> is a... <laughs> Just at the very basic level, because she got into some very- First grade. I mean, like first grade yeah. level. Break it down. Yeah, listen, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, um, 
So basically it's collection of fluid in your limbs, your arms, okay. your legs. So if you have a bunch of lymph nodes removed in a surgical procedure for stomach cancer, then you're at high risk for lymphedema. So anybody who has surgery, which I was a surgery nurse my entire career when I worked in the clinical world, and not once did any surgeon say to their patients who were having abdominal surgery or surgery for breast cancer, your arms, and they take out gobs of lymph nodes, not once did they say, Oh, and by the way, you could be at high risk for lymphedema. Never. So it's, you know, super good for the public to hear about because mm -hmm. it will hopefully get people thinking about what are the risks when I go in for a medical procedure? What, you know, what do I need to ask the doctors? Um, but also just to up-level nurses and, and teach them stuff that, I mean, she this, this gal called it the orphan disease of all diseases because nobody talks about it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I mean, there's tons of like lifetime shows and TBS and all that that do like scary, worse things that can happen to me. But I mean, a fair amount of people get surgical procedures. And like you said, I don't I've never heard of it to even ask for it. Um, yeah. So that's and the, that first, right the, the nurse that Antra mentioned, uh, Karen Mershow that we had on, who basically founded, I would say, people should have a patient advocate and advocate in the medical system as often as they should have a legal advocate in the judicial system. You don't know the language, and most people don't know that our medical system in the United States is the third leading cause of death in this country. Medical okay. is the third leading cause of death. So patient advocacy should be as prominent as like, you know, we're guaranteed if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. Well, in the judicial system, in, you know, the risk is fine or freedom. Yeah. In the medical system, it's injury or death. Yeah, which is way, mm -hmm. <laughs> way mm -hmm. high up there now that you're you're I've never even thought about any of these things. And I've had a fair amount of like medical run ins where they didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was happening. And then, you know, how sometimes you go to the emergency room and yeah. then they tell you a bunch of things and you're like, oh, I don't even really know what happened. But whatever my symptom was kind of went away and you don't follow up with different things. So oh, or you don't, and, and you don't even I mean, think about it. You're probably you don't feel good. Or if it's a true emergency, you're, you know, you're in no place to ask questions anyway. So, or you're scared, your family members all, you know, are freaked out, whatever is going on in the emergency room, it wouldn't even occur probably to you to like, really think about, oh, I went to the emergency room, and I just got my blood drawn. Let me ask the nurse what the results are if I don't hear back in 10 minutes, because it's a stat order since I'm in the emergency room. And what if there's something that's not right? You know, yeah. and it just gets missed. That happens. So you, but you wouldn't think to ask it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's the, like she said, injury or death. That's the, the consequence. Yeah. yeah. And both yeah. Antra and I are private patient advocates. We've been through training that also we know about functional and integrative medicine, like so that people make fully informed decisions. You're not just getting one medical model. You're also getting information about what else is going on all over the globe that, you know, you're, primary care doctor or your surgeon might not even know exists. So we want, so a part of the Renegade podcast is also to interview people that we like to learn from um, so that the general public and, you know, nurses for a continuing education credit, but also to make it available, this information available to the general public. And it really will save lives. I mean, this, this lady with that, you know, back to the lady with the lymphedema, I mean, I can think of thousands of people who, if they just heard that, they don't even know what it is. They don't know their mom has had these elephant leg, you know, elephant yeah. trunk legs and is so her quality of life sucks. And she's been like that for 10 years. 
But most people don't even know that somebody like this nurse that we interviewed exists. They don't know there's anything out there for their mom. So we want people to, you know, build some awareness. We want to share this for everyone. For sure. For sure. And all of this is awesome. So going back to the patient uh, advocate that everyone should have, if I'm just anywhere in America, where can I go to look for this kind of service? So I think that there's, you know, it's, it's Karen Mercereau, we kind of call her the sort of queen of patient advocacy that she kind of way back when 20 year, years ago started her own business to advocate independently for people. So basically, we are the patient's advocate. So they pay us directly. We don't work for insurance companies. We don't work for the hospital system. So there's no conflict of interest there. And so she then, you know, as her career progressed, as her business got bigger, she decided that, you know, every nurses that want to do this should be able to. So she built a school. And like Karen said, we went to her, we went to her program. And I would say it's still blazing a trail like there are there are a lot of patient advocates in arizona there's quite a few in california also in florida but like there are hardly any in the midwest so you can go to um a couple of different sites you can go to her site you can go to um uh, the greater national advocates and then you just you know pop in what you're looking for and the advocates that are around your area will pop up if there are some there so or you can google patient advocate and that's what a lot of people do in my business they find me because they put the words patient and advocate in google yeah and since me and my business partner are the only ones in town we pop right up yeah that's awesome and what if you don't mind tell everybody who's listening where you where you're located so I'm in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Whew, you're over on my side of town. We're all on the West Coast, though, so that <laughs> that's cool. Definitely, yeah, it's it's a growing, definitely a growing field, and um, they're all over the United States. You know, you can, but there's a lot of advocates to, for different things. Of course, we're par- par- partial to RNs, but yeah. there's, you know, like I just hired a um, insurance and billing advocate. You know, and there's advocates that, you know, they went through, you know, two sick parents for decades and they just really learned the system and they wanted to help other people. So they kind of put a shingle out on their door and said, you know, you can hire me to help you navigate. So, yeah. 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 I have a question I mean, for the two of you individually, if you don't, if you don't mind. No, um, oh, no. Okay, so if I'm a nurse, to all the nurses who are listening, because there should be a fair amount, I know tons and tons of nurses, so I hope y'all are listening to the show. Um, For all of them who are listening, if you could tell a a nurse one thing that's currently practicing right now, like what's one thing that you want them to know? Go on, Tra. I think about it for a second. I mean, just because I know a bunch of a a bunch of nurses who are just got out of nursing school. They're just trying to start their career. Um, One of my friends made a YouTube video um, talking about like a bunch of myths and nursing Mm. and just different things that she thought she would experience that she didn't. So I'm just curious. Kind of um, cultivating from my own life experience. I think the thing that has made me the best at what I do is that I'm independent of the good opinion of other people. So uh, that's Abraham Maslow. I didn't say that. Um, but he said self-actualization is the is um, being independent of the good opinion of other people. And your uh, your patients. I mean, nurses first and foremost have to be the patients' advocates, whether you work in a hospital or independently or wherever. And what really gets in the way is the hierarchy, you know, which doesn't really exist. We're all in the same team for the patient, right? But mm-hmm. when a nurse won't speak up, 
um, you know, or say, even if they, they might be wrong, but if they even, you know, think this doesn't seem safe or these medications, I don't, you know, they interact or, you know, you, you know, you, you, you have to be independent of the good opinion of the doctors, sometimes even the patient's family, you know, if that's best for the patient and, and speak your truth, speak whether you're wrong truth. or right. Yeah. But not, um, muzzle yourself because you're afraid, you know? Come on, speak your truth. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that. Don't shrink to fit with the situation that you're in. I love that message. Yeah. And you see, it, you see it all the time in healthcare. I mean, in an operating room, people are terrified of surgeons. So if they, they see something amiss and they think that the surgeon's going to throw an instrument across the room, if they bring it up, they won't bring it up. And then, you know, that's how we get bad outcomes. So it happens all the time. And there's been so much research done about the effectiveness of teams and how people work you know well together and that's been a major push in healthcare is to speak up and not be afraid regardless of what the consequences are and you know as a new nurse i think that's that's hard i mean i used to when i was brand new i'll never forget i had a patient who had a big abdominal incision who had had a major surgery and the doctor at, on the night shift said do not call me unless she is bleeding out the door. Now I'm brand new. I don't know squat about surgery. I don't know squat about abdominal scissions. And you know, the patient did fairly okay, except that her abdominal incision was starting to come apart, but she wasn't bleeding. And I was like, uh, I, I think that this is a problem. She's not bleeding. I mean, he was, he was serious. He was like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna know unless she's bleeding out the door. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Like I got, I was terrified to call him. And I was like, yeah, so she's not bleeding out the door, but like her intestines are are basically coming out of her incision site. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm assuming that the doctor came. Yes, but he, and again, like, you know, it's the middle of the night. They're grumpy. They don't like to be woken up. I mean, that's not everybody, but in this particular instance it was. And uh, but again, like that's why I think I'm so passionate about patient advocacy because while I did tend to kind of, I, I kind of picked the OR because I knew there was a team there in case shit went south. But I also was very much like if you violated the sterile field and touched something you weren't supposed to, I was always on it. Like I was always speaking up regardless of the situation. And I have, I have been so chewed out that I have bawled my eyes out in the utility closet on more than one occasion. I've been told, like, <laughs> I've been, I've seen surgeons storm down the hall. There's no crying in orthopedics, Andra, because I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. But I always spoke up. Yeah. Because of what and that matters. That, that I want to be at your hospital. Yeah. I want to be at so the hospital that you're at fighting for me. That's right. Sure. Well, that's that's true for you, too. I mean, it's true for everybody who has to be a patient in the healthcare system to speak up if something seems wrong. You know, remember, they're your employees. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Don't, you know, dog with the bone. That's what I call Antra, because now when she works for her patients, she's like, dog with the bone. Yeah. Um, but what we're doing with the podcast, too, uh, I just, is it okay if I just segue no, into this? Think, yeah, 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 yeah. You made me think I, of it. Hold on really quick. Can you hold that point? Because I just, I, I just want to tell you what, so what I would say to to piggyback on Karen's point about what would you tell new nurses? I would tell new nurses to encourage their patients to engage in their care, to ask questions and to be curious and to speak up when they think something isn't right, because that's huge. 
no nurse can be a mind reader. So if, you know, your IV is in and it starts to swell and it looks weird, well, you say something because you're going to get better care if you engage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a major key right there. Both mm -hmm. of them. Good things. You go ahead, Karen. Awesome. Well, uh, kind of on that same point, you know, the podcast is going to have experts that think outside the box and who are renegades. But another kind of themed thing we're going to do, we think we're going to call it Revelations from the Station, which is the same podcast, but just like maybe every Thursday we do, we do like a Facebook Live or something. And we're going to have nurses come on and tell their horror stories that they've seen things that go wrong in the hospital. I mean, but also horror stories and also funny things like, you know, things that shoot out of people's butts when they relax. I've just seen a lot of that. <laughs> More poop. Um, <laughs> and, and let me just tell you for not the Not necessarily poop. <laughs> not just poop. Cucumbers, shampoo bottles, and they oh. always slip in the shower. Just saying. No, I, I'm so terrified to fall in the shower. Like yeah, no. always like taking it really slow because what a way for the paramedics to come pick you up off the ground. Yeah, but that's not true when you have a cucumber up your butt. You didn't fall yeah. in the shower. And it's like, I don't even, I don't know how the cucumber got there, but it seems like a really sticky situation. Where it was just... in the mini fridge. It's also on my butt. Oh my goodness. It's always, it's always the answer when somebody comes into the ED with something up there. It's like, I slept in the shower. I'm like, what? No, you didn't. How did that happen? Yeah, you're yeah. just making it up. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. revelations from the station will be things that went wrong or things that went awry and maybe some funny things. But then afterward, we're not going to stop there. We're going to tell people what they could have, what could have been done to prevent that. Got it. So, Got it. you know. That's awesome. So definitely tune into their podcast for that. In the spirit of Women's uh, International Women's History Month, I do want to ask you, uh, what do you think about the nursing field and women? Do you think that there is um, a bias toward women there? Is there opportunity to grow? Now, nurses, m people primarily think of as women, but I know a fair amount of men nurses. So just give me your perspective about um, the experience of being a woman nurse in the healthcare system. I would say that... For me, I mean, working in the surgery suite my whole life, very male dominated. So, I mean, even male nurses tend to go there. So oftentimes I'd find myself in a room with a orthopedic male surgeon, the anesthesia, you know, everybody was male except me. I learned a lot about football. I mean, I didn't know much before I had that room and now I know tons about football, but um, I would say that, that, you know, historically women, have been nurses, right? So we've kind of blazed that trail. Um, but it's nurses can be, women nurses especially can not be so nice to each other. And I think that there's a lot of room for uh, better collaboration, better teamwork, better, better older nurses supporting younger nurses. I mean, you get the old, what we call battle axe nurses who never want to help the newbies and the newbies are terrified. And, you know, you throw them into a, a med surge floor where they've got six patients and they don't, you know, know the first thing about taking care of even one patient really like proctoring and, and helping the younger nurses would go a long way, I think, in um, mm -hmm. making our profession better. Awesome. That is a good thing to talk about sisterhood on the episode prior. We talked about sisterhood yeah. in different yeah. um, verticals there. Karen, what are your thoughts? Yeah. It's a little tough. Their, their technical word for that is lateral workplace violence. It's kind of rampant. But um, I would say a woman, like my mom used to joke that she had four boys and I was the only one who grew boobs. 
So <laughs> I've always kind of had um, a different, you know, kind of just like a not the same kind. You know, I, I think it's just so individual. You know, I can't really say my experience as a woman, my experience in nursing has been as Karen. You know, and uh, I've worked with men and women, and you know, I've I've tend I've worked trauma and ICU and and flight nursing. A lot of those things tend men tend to gravitate to. So I mm -hmm. didn't have that cattiness as much because there was a nice mix of testosterone in there. Yep. Um, yeah, and and um, but women can do anything. You know, we look at us. I mean, like I was in in hospitals for twenty years. You know, and I never let. And I think it goes back to what I originally said. Is just like. I didn't, I had a healthy, I don't care what people think of me, you know, like, and I think that really kind of safeguards you against that cattiness and against, you know, people smell, smell confidence off of you or smell like, and if that, those people don't like you or they peel off, well, God, what a relief. You don't have to, you don't have, <laughs> you to, have to deal with them at all. You can yeah. bring that energy back home. Yeah. But, but uh, nurse entrepreneurialism you know, where entrepreneurialism was a very male dominated thing up till, you know, a couple of years ago. And now it's like nurses, you know, what are you uniquely qualified to, what, what skill do you have that's, you know, a service to to medicine, to the community, to to people. And and nurses have such unique qualifications and unique interests. So the, this nurse entrepreneur field uh, that they spit themselves out of the medical system and try to make, you know, influence change from the outside of it is really, you know, it's great to be a woman in nursing right now. There's just so many av avenues, yeah, you know, for success. So awesome, especially at a time like this where the healthcare system is like really important to this, like our livelihood, you know, in the country at this point. There are tons of traveling nurses on my floor. I live in a building right downtown, so they're just coming into town to help out, you know, with COVID. Um, how has your industry changed a little bit because of COVID? Have you guys in the... I hate to say guys because we're talking to two women. Have you two um, seen a boom in business or have you just been strategizing and doing your podcast and kind of taking a back seat during this time? I think Entra has, haven't you? Yeah. We, I have a, another nurse um, business partner and it's been, it's picked up a lot. And a lot of what we're doing is mostly, you know, care coordination and telehealth stuff because we can't always go into the hospital or be with our patients. So yeah, it's been definitely busier for sure. People, and you know why? Because people are overwhelmed and frustrated and they're not getting the care they need. I mean, the focus has been so much on COVID. I got a call from a patient in late August who'd been diagnosed in early May with a stage four cancer and called me in tears because he still hadn't gotten any care. And so they call because they're like, I don't know what else to do. Like I just Googled patient and advocate and you came up and, and I had him in, in treatment a week later. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think too, cause my, I mean, during my, I moved to the West coast during the COVID time after I had COVID actually. And my doctor who was my primary care physician, he left the network like 12 days after I got COVID. So I got no care after or no, like there was no follow up. I do think that there are some cracks here and things are just getting slipping. And that breaks my heart that people aren't getting the care that they need just on regular things that aren't COVID related. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a great point because once, you know, another thing that we do as patient advocates and, and as now podcasters is tell people, you know, there's not going to be great change until people know the standard of care that they deserve. Like that guy that Antra just talked about, 
he didn't know the standard of care that he deserves to be given. Yeah. He didn't know he could pick up a phone and demand things. Now, luckily he had Antra who could, you know, organize that. But when people are educated and they know then and they know that they can demand better, that's when from a grassroots level that real change is gonna happen. But in the meantime, call a patient advocate and, and they'll teach you what you don't know, you know, and how, how to ask questions that you don't even know how to ask. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting because the same, the same patient was like the very first appointment that I actually got to attend with him because he was a stage four cancer patient. They let one other person go in for all of his consultations and he sat there so silent and he wasn't going to ask any questions. He was just going to do exactly what the doctor ordered because that's how we're conditioned to, to be in the medical system. And so he watched me and over the last six months, you should see him now in a doctor's office. He's like, shut up, Antra, because I got another question to ask. <laughs> like they can teach people how to engage in their care. And it's so cool to see somebody like that who was all about the doctor knows best. I just do what the doctor says. And now he's, you know, really like looking at what are my options? Could I be in a clinical trial? I mean, he is taking charge of his own health care. And, you know, to Karen's point, that's when healthcare is going to change. When they say, no, I don't want this. I want that. Yeah. And I want that because I know that that's available to me. Yeah. I'm going to find a primary care, care physician this week. I'm just like, it's my health and I need it now. Just from this pep talk that we've had, you know, just being in charge. Of, because you do. You do things. I wait until something breaks. You know, I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, my arm is kind of sore. I've just been babying it. And then all of a sudden it's like, crap, now my fingers are tingling. I think I did some damage. Like, you know, people wait because they think it's going to get better or whatever. And you, you really need to be engaged in, in your health on that. Yep. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I mean, the other thing I would say really quickly mm -hmm. is is that a lot of what I do with with my clients is is I I really encourage them to follow their sense about what to do because like when you say oh well my arm hurts and and I should probably go see a doctor well you're really gonna know if you need to go to the doctor or not and people don't trust their own sense of what to do and so when I when I spend time with clients it's like listen you got to follow your intuition. Like if this isn't an emergency, like I had a client call me cause she was worried about COVID and she was worried about her kids. And I'm like, well, they, you know, they had runny noses and they were, you know, they had flu like symptoms, symptoms. She's like, do I need to bring them into the doctors? And I was like, well, you're a mama bear. What's your sense about what to do? She's like, well, my kids have been, you know, they've been sick like this before. And one time, you know, my littlest one was so dehydrated and he was lethargic and I took him in and I was like, see, you knew what to do. And yeah. she's like, they're not like that right now. I'm like, okay, then follow your sense about what to do. And so I think that's also really important because we oftentimes get told what to do and, and how to, you know, how to navigate the system when maybe that's not true. Yeah. yeah sometimes engaging in your health means not going to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe working out or drinking water or like sleeping yeah. regularly. But I do have a story that's know what to do for you. So I got the flu in February. So I went to the doctor and I had been follow following coronavirus like way before. So this is like the beginning of February before the United States got shut down and we knew it was crazy, right? So I went to the doctor and I'm like, dang, I got the flu. Like I'm sick. I feel like I have, I felt sicker than I had ever felt in my adult life. So I went and I'm like, please test me for the flu. So I had a physician's assistant. She was like, no, we're not going to test you for the flu. The CDC right now is just saying everybody is getting a uh, Tamiflu. So we're just going to give you Tamiflu and we'll see how it goes, right? 
So I'm like, all right, that seems weird, but I'm sick. My wife went with me. We demanded a flu test then. She's like, no, don't worry about it. You probably have it, blah, blah, blah. So I completely let it go through my system. I was sick for probably about three weeks. And then after I was done, I started coughing up blood because I was still coughing. So I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, you ripped a little thing in your esophagus just from coughing. It's just like this. You just got blood in your phlegm. It'll go away. So drink water, drink water. Like at this point, my mom's a preacher. I'm like, mom, pray for me. I could be dying. Like this is, I felt awful. So got over the flu then. My wife didn't get sick or nothing. So um, in October of the same year, so that was February, 2020. October, 2020, I DJed a wedding and I got COVID. Like I, I woke up the next morning and I felt a little bit sick, but I was like, ah, oh, let me take some emergency. But like two days later, I woke up out of my sleep and was like, I have COVID. I got to go get tested in the morning. I got tested that morning and I had COVID. I was like, I knew I had COVID in February because it was the same feeling inside my body. Like I'm super present. I meditate. I, you know, I, I don't eat like complete trash. Like I'm 31. So, you know, give me, give me a little leniency there, but <laughs> I'm not a complete like vagabond just living my life doing this thing. So I knew I had COVID that morning and then I did give it to my wife that time. Just because I, I had been exposed. So I felt like there was a small invader in my body. I should have went that first time and demanded that level of care because I was down for a month where I didn't even. Well, I guess there was no like test for COVID or anything at that point. So they might not even even know. But I knew I was sick as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing of following your sense. I mean, I'm not recommending people don't go to the doctor. I'm recommending like if you think you need to go to the doctor, you should go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, far yeah. for somebody else to tell you what to do you're the only one that knows you right like really yeah. knows you yeah so right oh all right so i got a i got a final question for you um and it's based on your podcast name so what makes you a renegade in your field what's one thing that makes uh you both individually renegades we're real that makes us a <laughs> renegade <laughs> do you know what real is no can i, can I we made the word up <laughs> Come on, we, made, tell us. we made a word up. <laughs> tell us the word. Can we swear on your yeah. podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. This is not on okay. LinkedIn or anything. So we were talking. I, I was actually taking a bath. A lot of times I'm on the phone in the bathtub when I'm talking to Kara. And we were having some long discussion about, you know, any number of rabbit holes we like to go down. And I was like, oh, and by the way, I hate the word authentic. So cheesy. Like, who who uses that word anymore? It's so inauthentic, that word. Authentic. So, yeah, I hate it. And she was like, I don't really like it that much either. We need a new word. So we came up with Friel, which is fucking plus real equals Friel. That's right. <laughs> you just want to be real. around fucking, fucking real people. Yeah. Hey, for real. real people. And, and that's what makes Renegade Podcast so great is it's Friel. Like, there's no fluff. I actually invited somebody that I kind of was like oh, in my head like, oh, I don't know if he's going to want to be on this. And I told him, like, listen, we're, we're noobs. Like, we're just starting out. And it's as real as real can be. And he was like, I'm down. And I was yeah. like, yes. yes. You know, That's kind of how our conversation like, went. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you just started. Who cares? Let's do it. Yeah. We are un- unpolished. Uh, yeah. No polish. <laughs> no uh, lipstick no polish. on a pile of shit here. It's just like, we'll, we'll expose our pile of shit. And you can see it all. And, and, and it's funny that way, too. You know, yeah. it's, it's not just real. It's not. Enter not just entertaining and enlightening me, uh, enlightening. It's funny because we're just very human. Yeah, you know. And I think and in this world we're missing that with the, Instagram filters and all that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's creative and it's going out on a branch and starting a business that we have no idea where it's going to go, but we're excited about creating stuff. And and it's like a tree that's going to grow all these branches and who knows where we're going to end up. I mean, we're thinking empire, which is totally good by me, but you never know what's going to happen with the, with the tree, right? Like it's just, I, I yeah. can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. And at the very least. At the very least, I always I always say like people get one of two things out of listening to me or seeing me do this. It's in, number one, I'll be like, oh, thank God she's human too, or you know, thank God I'm not her. You know, but <laughs> either way, you'll either have a way. good feeling coming away from it. Yeah, there will be a revelation. That's right. There will be a revelation. Right. Well, listen, I'd come to that TED Talk any day of the week. Thank you both so much for joining me on the show today. And one last time, where can people find your podcast? I'm sorry. It'll be in the description, but just tell them really quick for the people who are listening in the cars. Okay, hey, I'll let Antra do it. No, no, you do it. <laughs> well, it, it'll be uh, on, um, you know, it's coming. It's we've, we've got our first 10 done, you know, done and, and they're being edited and stuff like that. So you can't listen to it quite yet, but we'll, we're launching it. Uh, end of, we're hoping it for end of April. Okay. Um, but Renegade, R-N, Agade, you know, it's like yeah. Renegade without the E in the middle of the R in the end. Renegade.pro. So it'll be there. And then. Uh, everything that on your intro, I saw where you can find yep. you. I'm just going to copy that. Okay. And that's, cool. <laughs> because I have no idea. So we're just going to copy that. And that's where you can find us too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you, you all can send me an email and I'll definitely help you out uh, with just getting them to those places because I just hit one button and it just goes to all those places. So. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Love that. All right. Thank y'all for coming on. I'm going to take y'all out of here. Thank y'all so much for listening to episode three of What the Pod. Please like, subscribe, do all those things. Turn on the bell, whatever uh, platform you're looking at this. Follow me, subscribe, do whatever. Uh, Just make sure you love on me. Also, um, in the link in the description, you'll see my Patreon link. If you want to support this podcast, it's only five bucks a month. Period. That's it. Um, you'll get all the backstage kind of stuff. And then I'll maybe will be releasing the interviews prior for my podcast subscribers. Again, this is DJ Treacy Treese with What the Pod. And thank y'all for listening.